The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Smitty and Q. What's going on, boys? We are back as a threesome. I know Maddie Nails and the Teaser King Smitty held down the fort for the past two weeks while I welcomed the baby boy into the world so you know happy about that and uh life's adjusting but we're getting back to some normalcy and uh i'm happy to be back with you guys i'm actually just glad to be alive uh i have the three-day hangover going from vegas i went to the gym tonight and ran a mile and almost kind of keeled over passed out big time sweat you can just feel the toxins leaving (laughs) I love it. Well, it's great. It's great to have Q back. So congratulations, buddy. It's great to have you. Maddie is a great host when you're not here because I'm just usually the rant guy. So um, Matt, yeah, did a great, Matt did a great job, but I'm so happy. You know, we were saying on the show about your experience and I'm glad everything's good there. And I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know we had George Clooney on the show because, man, Matt looks tan. I am jealous. I need some. I need some sun. Man, oh, man. Matt looks great. Matt, how is Vegas, buddy? Little little Cosmo pool day, Smitty. That'll do it. Get a day bed, watch some hoops, bet 20 tickets down and just walk around, drink. Uh, pardon the, uh, the English, but look at girls. Uh, sorry, Gina. And uh, <laughs> just, keep, just keep gambling and drinking. It was a, it was a great day. So, like, I, I mean, we got in Thursday. And I bet the quick uh, Texas Southern game. So I started out great. And I bet, uh, of course, uh, Sparty at night, who just crushed a big bet early. Looking good going down the stretch with like two minutes to go. And boom, blew it. Choke job. Thanks, Tom Izzo. I lost that one with you, buddy. Oh, just brutal beat. I was at a, sitting at a bar and I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm watching this happen. I'll tell you what, speaking of that Sparty game, I kind of had like, my first moment where I have to be a father and, and like watch my reactions. Um, so I'm, you know, me and the wife were doing shifts, uh, to try to get some sleep, you know, since he's feeding every two, three hours. And I see it's halftime. Sparty's up 11. I'm like, man, this is great. Like it's going to be a good night. So he gets a little fussy. I hit him with a diaper change, get the bottle. I'm like, Oh, let me just check and make sure I won. Like this is hands down, you know, Izzo wins it. And I see that they're blowing it in overtime. And I really had to like evaluate myself and just not unleash a havoc scream and just launch my phone. And I'm like, I have this baby in my hand. Like, I can't be like this anymore. <laughs> welcome, welcome to fatherhood, everybody. I know. It was, hey, thanks, Tom Izzo. Welcome me early. Uh, yeah, they laid an Matt, egg late. They laid an egg late in that. Wow. Maddie, what, um, so tell us kind of how Vegas was. So Smitty and I were supposed to go out last year. Obviously, COVID took, uh, took that out of our hands. And uh, this year we had a 25% capacity in Indianapolis. But what was Vegas like? So it was actually really, really good. I was shocked. Um, it was packed. Now, the one downfall of it being packed is because all the casinos are struggling and they're still offering lower room rates, the clientele is straight 
trash on the strip. It is trash. It is weed and just trash walking around. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to be out here at 2 a.m. I still was, but not that I feel like I'm going to get shot or anything. But yeah, it's it's pretty rough out there right now. But inside the hotels, it's fantastic. Sports books were probably 50% capacity. The social distancing, meh, you can get away with just about anything. Some places were really strict with a mask. Some were not as strict. So basically, my theory was I'm not wearing a mask until somebody makes me. And they would. But if you had a seat at the bar, you could be there without a mask as long as somebody's not close to you. So we got there Thursday. First thing I go down is Friday morning to the uh, Cosmo Sportsbook. I sit down and lo and behold, all the machines are reserved. All the tables are reserved. And I was like, this is going to suck. I was like, I'm going to stand out here with the peons. So I'm, of course, down there bright and early. So I sit down at the bar, order a drink. And I was like, hey, I was like, this says reserve, but it has nobody's name on it. And the bartender was like, yeah, we're reserving that for our players. I'm like, so if I sit there and I play on this machine, do I qualify as a player? He's like, are you going to play all day? I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, is there basketball on? Are you serving drinks? I'm going to play all day. <laughs> so I sit down in front of this machine. Lo and behold, the bartender is super cool as shit. And he just he changes the thing. He put reserve mat on it, started firing drinks. I'm getting free drink tickets. I sat there for six hours, probably day <laughs> one. <laughs> well, I was there for four straight days. He would reserve it for me. So I That's sat awesome. there day one, six straight hours. And my bill. Well, you put you put that on Twitter, that picture of that. that oh, was yeah. Great. I thought that was great because you had the picture on your, you know, if you follow Matt on Twitter, it, you know, it was reserved for Matt, which I thought was just fantastic. Yep. Every day he'd reserve it for me. And my bill every day was basically $15 for an entire day. This That's dude, incredible. dude hooked me up like no other. So, yeah, it, it was good betting. Thursday was uh, an even day. Friday and Saturday were both an up and down day. And then Sunday I killed it only to be wiped out by Monday. So it was uh, it was kind of like an even trip, which is great. I mean, I spent money on food and drinks and the pool sure. and all that crap. Hey, if, if you can leave Vegas even, then I think that's a win. Yeah. We, we, you know, we did it right. And if, so. and if Gina was happy and you were happy, what can you do? Yeah. That's, yep. And – and you can't, you went out there with friends, right? Correct. Yeah, we had uh, there was uh, three couples of us, so we uh, oh, we had we had dinners together, had great time. Yeah, there dinners together, drinks together. We were out. I think it was Saturday night. We were out till almost four a.m. and I was back up at seven a.m. to go to the sports. That's I love it. Get a like, little rough at my age, but that. hey, it was it was fun. We were playing craps till four a.m. Well, you That's killed hard. it the one day. You you wrote us and said you were up like six seven hundred dollars on that. Right? Yeah, uh, craps. I ended up plus almost eight hundred, and then I had literally had six tickets still in my wallet from betting all day that I never cashed in because we went down to Circa, so all my tickets were for the strip. So I was literally just sitting on another five six hundred bucks in my wallet, and I was like, "This is a great day." That's a great. Yeah. Hey, that's a great Vegas story, man. I've been out in Vegas now. Oh, what is it? Two, three times now. And again, one, I mean, Betty Messiah lives out there. He, he was, you know, it was great having Betty Messiah starting to throw some plays out the other day and he killed it the other day, man. Yeah, I yeah. love his sweets, man. You like money? Take Nova. <laughs> and Baylor. Great, man. And we love to have Betty Messiah back on. We're going to get him back on because he, he's a killer, man. He, 
We love him out there, and I, I stayed out with him. Vegas is unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't, get, again. I didn't get to tweet that much just because we were so busy doing stuff. I'd try to send some pics and whatnot, but yeah, no worries. Well, Matt, you're, like I, I said off air, I said every morning when Matt, again, uh, this has been ha- – and I said this like two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever, before Matt went out there. When Matt, his morning, I love seeing him with all his tickets laid out. A little white, uh, white Russian, yep. white Russian, white Russian, okay. the white Russian, Russian champions. All yeah. Oh my goodness. What a just every day. I love seeing that man. He was having a time in his life. And then I sent that one picture with the one. I don't know if you noticed the one ticket with the white Russian on my screen. I hit a uh, straight flush on the, on the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great, great start to the morning. That's a great way. Hey, yeah. bre- like you said, breakfast, of champions, yep. you killed it, man. Love it. Great time, man. Like I said, hey, you look tan, so who cares? Oh, yeah. I'm jealous. I might even peel. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, Smitty and I, uh, we've got to come out next year, um, you know, to see Ben and Messiah. You know, let's get you out there, too. Let's, you know, let's just get oh, a good group. He's probably and, uh, booking the trip already. Nope. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, so you t- I wanted to touch. That's a You had a perfect segue, so you kind of talked about um, – Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday were kind of up and down. And I would say I had the same thing. So I kind of just, let's go in general before we kind of start talking about, you know, some maybe selective teams. But I kind of felt, so I've I, in my lifetime, I don't ever remember in the first two days over 11 double-digit seeds advancing. And... I think I capped wrong because of that. Like, I'm like, man, this is a fluke. Like these teams, they just came unprepared. It's COVID. Like there's no way that they come into the round of 32 and they do this, you know, to the, the number two seed or the number, you know, three seed or whatever. Like these teams, they got to wake up be like, Hey, these guys just upset this. Let's... And I was wrong. Like it was, this is a dog tournament. And I, you know, I don't know. You seem to see there's only like two or three teams that really make a good run, but it was 11 who consistently won the first two rounds. And that was kind of up and down. You know, once I kind of realized to get on the um, the dog side of things, I started winning money, but uh, it was an odd tournament for me so far. You know, obviously it's still playing out. Anything could happen, but I would say up until this point, it was very up and down for me in that aspect. It should have been even more though, Q, when you look at it. Um, uh, yeah. UC, yeah. UC I mean, Santa Barbara should have beat Creighton, which was a stinger to me. Um, Eastern Washington pushed Kansas all game. That was almost another one. Yeah. And there was one other one on day one that I have to go back and look at real quick. Colgate. Colgate home with uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. But I wasn't worried about that because that, yeah. that was a big one for me. Oh, Virginia you could, you could Tech, see that coming. You could Virginia see that Tech coming. against Florida. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I had, Tech had that one. I had Florida. I'll tell you another game that was kind of up and down. The Missouri Oklahoma was kind of going either way late. You know, obviously they were closer in seeds, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of game. You know, a lot of games. Um, it just again the dogs. I don't know if it's. I don't, I don't want to keep blaming it on COVID. I just don't know if they were unprepared. Like now, I will give this situation. So, you know, I know Smitty's um, obviously been on UVA's fraudulent, uh, but the story came out. Do you know that what they play? They played. Saturday, 
Yep. They didn't even have their walkthrough, and they weren't even allowed to touch the gym until Saturday morning. Yeah, it was like they're fraught. Yes, they they didn't play well, but well, they, I think that was a big. I mean, that was a big. That's thing. If you don't have a team that's not playing again, I've been really ripping your father in law. Probably does just really dislikes me right now. Uh, it's it's really but oh, whatever. I mean, that's the way it is. I say stuff, and I want to irritate people. You know, the thing about the thing I've said it and I was watching that game and I was so glad Ohio won that game. So glad because that UVA team, I it just and the point guard would the point guard's a good point guard. I'm not saying and I bashed him. He's a good point guard. He's a good point guard if he came off the bench. He's a good change of pace point guard and he passes extremely well. His shooting's not great. He gets caught in situations because he penetrates way too deep and he can't do anything because he's too small. I think you saw that again with Matt McClung. Matt McClung then was trying to like, they were playing Matt McClung on defense sometimes with bigger guys. They're small. The UCLA point guard gets himself caught. He's, he can, hey, listen, he can penetrate, he can pass. He's not a bad shooter. He gets caught. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the size. Those guys can handle the ball extremely well. This game is big. It's a big league right now. And I'm going to just say this, and then I'll bounce off this. You know what team right now is playing really big, and it's going to disrupt a lot of teams in this? USC. They are playing big right now. That zone, they're like a Syracuse zone, but they're bigger teams that game the other night kansas had no clue what to do with that usd crashes the boards extremely well at all and they looked kansas looked small garrett even looks small going in there sometimes again and and that's why i said about virginia the point they're just small point guards it can do it so i'm glad ohio won that game i mean i had him i'm doing extremely well in my bracket right now i mean i'm in a one like I guess bracket pool or whatever. Uh, I'm in first place. I'm tied for first place. We'll see where it goes. And I'll talk about my daughter that is still just, she's dominant. So she's going to beat me again. I'm going to have to hear this for another year or so, but no, it's, it's, it's great. You know, here's the thing. What, what's your guys opinion on this? Did the big 10 beat each up each other up really bad? Well, that's what I was going to segue into. I think uh, we literally saw a lot of teams run out of gas. Uh, Georgetown ran out of gas. Carolina ran out of gas. Iowa in the second round ran out of gas. So, Illinois. yeah, a lot of teams that made deep runs in their conference tournaments right now seem to be struggling to get back on the gas pedal to, to keep it going. So somebody like uh, USC came out with a little bit of rest. Now they're flashing. Oregon, the same thing, getting that basically, a, a, I mean, they got to buy, gets that, that gets, a, gets fresh oh legs Lord. against Iowa and runs them out of the gym. They couldn't miss. Yeah. Yeah, I, I texted that out while I was sitting at the book. I was like, man, this game, I didn't, I don't even think, I think I had the over and then I had three plays on that one. And I was like, man, this is not going to end well when they just, they were shooting 65% with four minutes ago in the first period, first half. Smitty, I'm going to go ahead and, and say they are, um, and then I'll give a quick football analogy. This is kind of like the SEC beating each other up in football. Like the SEC does a really good job, especially this year when it was just an all SEC conference. You're playing the best of the best every week, and you're grinding out games, and you're going, you're essentially eliminating your own conference from major bowl games because you're beating each other up, one, two, three losses, and that's kind of what happened in the Big Ten. Like 
when you have to go play Ohio State, then Michigan, then Illinois, and then have to go back to play Ohio State, you know, that's tough on those kids. Like you look, we, you know, we bash Gonzaga in their schedule. Uh, they played tough early on and then they kind of sleepwalk. Those kids look so fresh. Should be like, fresh. Should be they fresh. They don't have to try against Pepperdine in, in these teams, Pacific, and you just see like the hustle, for instance, in the Illinois game. They looked exhausted and their commentaries were like, Kofi can't even get up to the other end of the court. Like yeah. they are gassed with eight minutes left. And I think that's where those guys just beat each other up for, you know, 16 odd games, 20 odd games, and they were tired. No, I agree with you guys. You know, Matt, I thought set up well. I, yeah. You know, I was bragging up UNC. UNC, I, I thought I was there was no chance Wisconsin could do anything. UNC was brutal. They looked, they had nothing. Uh, Georgetown, you know, again, my team, they looked really bad. And again, I bragged up Colorado for a long time. I mean, I went with them in the first round in my bracket. Georgetown looked exhausted, but they had to. They had to win that to get in the tournament. So it didn't matter. I mean, again, it was nice to see them in the tournament. But yeah, Colorado. And again, what uh, Walker, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Walker hit like six threes in the first half. I mean, come on now. Well, I'll tell you, like, to no discredit to Colorado, but Georgetown had the open shots. Like, Colorado wasn't. Oh, they couldn't shoot. Yeah, they couldn't shoot. But the thing is, I think Matt said it, they did not have – there was not the defensive presence like they had in the Big East tournament at all. They were not there. Uh, the you know the freshman uh, did not he didn't he didn't defend the point really well I didn't think uh, they didn't have a very there was just no energy they were tired I mean there's no doubt and you can say these are 18 19 year old kids but that's a lot of games they had to win they had to win four what was it four or five games to win that and then go back and then you fly into a new place it's hard I mean that was that was surprising. I, you know, and again, I, I felt bad because I said UNC, Purdue was another one. Purdue looked oh. brutal. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think and that I might be the stand that North Texas team. And I'm so glad Villanova put a thumbing because guess what? I gave that out. I know Muster, Betting Messiah gave that out, and I put some money on that, and I won some good money on that because North Texas was not that good, but Purdue was not good. See, now I was, I was on that Purdue team stinking and i was completely correct but i completely whiffed on texas had if we're looking at a bracket i had texas in the final four i thought they would make a run with their length they they actually came in playing extremely well it looked like shaka had them rolling on defense for a change and they just brutally were probably the worst opening round game they've played all year and it had to be that game one and they got they got knocked off for it 23 turnovers yep horrible they played horrible and i i accredit that to the the coach to not use some burn some timeouts when when stuff's going awry settle them down and he just let it fester 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 and they got they got beat i think he's i think i'll tell you what i think he really needs to win next year because that's big money that is a big program, and really, what's he done? Somebody made a great point, and they said, well, I think it was uh, – I forget who it was on Twitter. They said, well, he won the big – they won the championship, and they went, well, they didn't play Kansas. They had a day off. 
And then they, you know, I don't want to hear about Texas winning the Big 12 championship. There was a COVID situation. They won the tournament. whoop de do. Yeah. And then they lost to Abilene Christian. So, I mean, don't want to hear about it. I mean, Shock is in trouble, I think. That's that's big money. And I don't think they'll wait around if he does not win and go far in the tournament next year. And, that, you know, you can say, well, that's not a great thing, but it is what it is. You got to win. These big programs, you got to win. So I'm going to just go a little awry here. I think if Syracuse wins another game, I think teams are going to start looking at uh, all of Bayheim's assistance, and especially someone like Jerry McNamara, who's going to get a job somewhere. And if he can instill that two, three zone with a school, he can bring somebody back and get him on the map quick. If, if he, if he has truly learned under Bayheim how to, how to teach that zone, that zone works so well. Sure. It may not work all year. Maybe the kids just don't get it, but if you can get that team to work, by tournament time, you're seeing how good a great 2-3 zone can do. And I personally was not on their bandwagon because I thought this year this was one of their worst talented teams they've had, and they've absolutely proved me wrong. Buddy Beheim gets in the gym. He's open, and he's just crushing people. You know, it's funny. So I went up and watched the game with some of my friends, and some of them are big basketball people like me, and – it's isn't it funny that we make fun and I'll, I'll say me. I mean, I'm going to make fun of myself here. I'm sometimes you make fun of the Pac-12, and they didn't have a great year. Like they weren't great teams. Like if you thought of the season, like you thought of okay the Big Ten, and you thought of this. Well, the Pac-12 is winning every game. They haven't lost anything. Syracuse. Now, Matt, I was even being a Georgetown fan when Matt. We did the show together. I said, I like Syracuse. I had Syracuse beating San Diego State. I wish I would have had him beating West Virginia. But isn't Syracuse a team that, Matt, you'll know this better than me. They get in the tournament, and they're one of these, eh, should they be in? Man, they go far. Every year. Every year they do this. And that he's a great coach. And I was trying to explain the zone to somebody, and they go, oh, so they play a zone. My buddy that was up watching the game with me and i said they've run this same zone for he's been there like 90 bazillion years 45 years i think nobody can figure it out only a few people really have figured out and lo and behold uh, kaminsky our stat guy actually texted me and said hey bob huggins is so and so losing record against bayheim and i'm like I'm running to the window. I'm going to bet this money line, and hopefully Huggins still can't figure out the zone, and he could not. They looked lost. They were only in trouble at the very end because WVU, lo and behold, okay, I had the over-under 147. It's going to eat my brain for the next two weeks. 28 points they scored in the final. I think it was two minutes and 38 seconds to kill my underplay. So I think there's, there's one other um... – defense that teams struggle with and this goes to your point you know this they struggled all year they gave up a lot of points um, but they really tightened down for the tournament you know there's the press teams struggle against the press these kids don't the pressure gets them they turn the ball over they, you know whether it's a steal or they throw it out of bounds in the zone and like you guys said teams don't really know how to figure it out it's quite simple if you can't hit the three you're done you have to have a shooter that can hit the three because then they have to respect that then you have to have preferably a big man up at the top of the key 
who, who can pass the ball really well to a slashing guard or slashing small forward for the easy layup. If you don't have a big man that can move the ball somewhat with urgency and have good hands, you're done. And not many teams do. And the thing with Syracuse and that zone and Porter Jr. for Georgetown the one year when they beat them, you got to have the guy. So the zone's very open. You have to have the guy that flashes to the foul line and can catch the ball. That's that's the open area in that zone. Now, the thing about that is you got to catch the ball and he has to pivot. You got to have a shooter. Porter Jr. for Georgetown years ago did that and he lit them up in a game for Georgetown. The thing about West Virginia, if I now I could be wrong on this, but I think I'm right. They were bringing up Culver, I think, in that. He wasn't a shooter. No. You got to bring you got to bring a shooter up and shoot the ball. He was turning and he was trying to distribute the ball to different sides. Well, then you're doing it in the same thing in that Syracuse zone. You're throwing the ball and then you're whipping it around again and there's nothing out of it. You got to have a guy that can come up, can shoot, and he can dish. Culver couldn't do that. That's why West Virginia, and it's amazing that someone like me knew that and Huggins again. You know, there were some people bashing Huggins. They said they, they looked like he had no life. He didn't even care if they won that game. And that's a shame. I don't think. I mean, again, bad, bad game planning. I mean, it was. He had a different view. Syracuse sneaky team right now. Love Syracuse. And I'm a Georgetown fan, but I love Syracuse right now. Watch out because that zone and Buddy Bayheim right now, like Nail said, can shoot the lights out. I love the point guard too, Matt. I really like him. He's, He's good. Tough- Tough kid, handles the ball well, can shoot some threes. I mean, you get hat past uh, <laughs> court, man. He's launching. He doesn't yeah. care. I like the other guy. What's the the guy that comes off the bench? He has a little longer name. Um, skinny guy. Yep. Oh. It is. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to mispronounce it either. I think. Oh, no, I'm going to mispronounce it because yeah. I'm so bad with names. So. Well, while we touch on Syracuse, uh, and I looked it up real quick, um, I love that Dolage in the middle who can he's not a scorer by any means but man can he pass the ball i think that's him that's who i was talking oh, yeah, about he usually starts uh you he usually starts in the middle okay yep um so i know we don't want to look forward but i actually think when you break down their matchup against houston they actually have the edge i think it's the basic of the same matchup against west virginia except houston is way better on defense so I'm going to look at the under, but I actually think Syracuse advances. And then we're going to get to that matchup to me where it's them versus Loyola. And man, does Loyola have the recipe for success to beat that two, three zone with the big guy in the middle. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think I looked at it today and I was absolutely shocked when I saw power rankings of the remaining 60 team, 16 teams. And I saw somebody have Loyola as the fourth best. And I'm like, they might be the, second or third best right now and they look uh, i watched that entire game against illinois because it was the first one on saturday morning and i started out the day oh and three and that's when i ended up going like 11 and four i won like my next 10 in a row but they ruined me out of the game i'm like man this is gonna be a bad day because they absolutely took my soul away when they crushed illinois i'll, I'll tell you what uh I don't want to get into too much. You know, we have the Saturday show coming up, but I'm all over Cuse, and we'll break that down as to why. Um, I'm not sold on Houston. I, I don't think they have the shooting, you know, and again, we'll break down further. But uh, I like Loyola as well. Um, 
and I, you know, I really like what that big man does. So he, he was on a, he was a freshman and he started when they made their final four run. So he's been there before. So I think one experience for them uh, is key um, Two, he is a big man, but he moves like a guard. Like he is so quick on his t- turnarounds yep. off. You know, he can dribble down two, three times if he catches it out high. He's just so deceptively fast. And, you know, I'm laughing because I'm watching the game and the announcers like, you know, you, you hear, yeah, this guy will be in the NBA for 20 years. They go, this guy will be 55 playing in the YMCA, just balling up kids, you know. And, and I'm like, yeah, that guy, he's doing your taxes and he's going and playing in the night league on Wednesday nights. <laughs> yep. uh, but he's just so fundamentally sound. And I would, I know we probably couldn't do it, but I would love to get uh, Porter Moser on here. I wonder, man, you know, this kind of was the shock of smart. You just out hustle teams. I bet you they run suicides every practice because they didn't look like they broke a sweat all game. I mean, usually it's the hands on the knees or up above. No, they look like they were just a, a pregame warm up. And I think hustling and fundamentals will win you a national championship. Well, the thing about that is Illinois, you watched them a lot this year and they were so fast that like number five was so fast, sneaky guy going in the big guy underneath just blew. He couldn't blow him off the post. He couldn't blow him off at all. Yeah. And he couldn't, he couldn't stay with them. Then you bring Georgie off the bench. Georgie was a better matchup. The big guy for Illinois, the Georgie coming off still couldn't hang with them. Dude, their defense, they, Illinois could not get open shots. And again, I was watching with my buddy that's not a big basketball guy. I was trying to explain some things. I thought Illinois was going to run him out of the gym. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, this one's over. We had a teaser. He had a teaser play. I gave it to him. I said to him, half like middle of the game. And it wasn't over. And he kept saying, oh, we have time. I'm like, there's no time. Done. We're done. I knew right away we were done. They, there was no – that team defends so good. It is unbelievable. And that coach – I'm shocked that someone has not come for him and given him everything on the planet. And maybe he likes that area. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think he's gone after this year. I'd be shocked if he's going to be there coaching. So the, I think one, sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, so the stat of that game to me was Desanmu is an all American. He got shot 10 shots. He, he got manhandled though. He, I don't know if the he was scared. Uh, he looked so timid, and that guy who was guarding him, I want to say it was uh, Norris or Clemens, one of the two, just completely locked him down. I watched the game. I'm like, man, I got money on this, and this Desanmu is just – he's just – do anything. Nothing. And even worse was Frazier, who you said, the uh, number five, who is a fabulous – he's a fabulous no, ball. Frazier's not, Frazier's not number five. There's – Frazier – Frazier had the big lump on. Frazier's another number. Number five is that sneaky, uh, real slasher. But Frazier had an um, had a really bad game too. I'm going to look 10. number five up. Yeah, you're you're on it though, Matt. Frazier had a really bad game too. Horrible. Uh, it was it was uh, actually painful to watch those guys play. And I like you guys said, I could rip up my tickets at halftime because there was a guy across the bar who was just going insane, like pointing at everybody and then he I don't know what kind of money he had on it, but he was all over it and he enjoyed himself for two hours. Uh you know, I'd say because you said like maybe he was scared to Sonmo. It almost seemed like in the announcers he kept coming out for, you know, and maybe two or three uh steps 
over the half court line. They were doubling him, and it was with uh, the big boy and the guard, and he kept going to the left and going to the left, and they would trap him there, and they would swap the ball. Yep. And they were like, why does he keep going there? He, he's had three straight possessions where they've stole it three straight times. I think he wasn't used to having people in his face. And, I mean, they were in his grill, and they were in everybody's grill. I mean, I told Smitty early on, like, they were hacking Kofi down low early on. And it was – and then Frazier, he had a freaking welt on his arm where he gets hacked and they all caught. Yeah, on the wrist. Yeah, and I, and I think that physicality, you know, starstruck them, and they were kind of like, whoa, like, these guys are rough. And I think it just threw them off, and they didn't know how to, you know, to go. Um, but I kind of want to finish with Porter Moser – I think there's one team that has to bring the brink struck to them. And I, I think if they don't do this, then it could can ruin I take, their program. Take a guess. Can I take a guess? Indiana. Yeah. Ding, ding. They have been, you know, they've tried. Um, who was before um, Archie Miller? Was it? Mike Davis? Okay, I, th- I believe it was, but it, it, you know, they, there, I think there may have been somebody else. Oh, they've, there, they've but, gone through some. Yeah. Well, I heard. Did you see the story that Thad Mata was going to get hired, but he failed a physical? <laughs> I mean, no, you know, I, no, I swear. Look it up. I believe I mean, you. I, I believe I mean, you. I, I read an article, and they said that he was there. And again, Thad Mata is a good coach, man. He took Ohio State very far yeah he's had some health problems i heard that he felt now again i'm not not quoting this i i could be dead wrong on this so i'm gonna say it but i saw something the other day and again i'm really starting to get back into my job right now so uh i might be incorrect on this that he failed a physical and they did not hire him now i could be dead wrong don't quote notebook wagering on that i'm not saying to quote book on that but they said he has back Feet, some issues. Hey, give him a hover round. Let him just coach from that. Give yeah. him the booger mobile. Let him coach over the sideline. <laughs> just, I think, him, uh, just sit on the bench. Who cares? Don't do anything. I, I think that program is in desperate need to make a statement. I mean, they to go from arm. Bob Knight to, to what they've had. And, you know, that is when you think of, you know, blue blood basketball, you think of Hoosiers like Indiana. and. Well, and, that's uh, a great thing. They got rid of Art. And, you know, I hey, Archie. Archie, yeah, but he great. was the next best thing when he went Archie there. Archie did, yeah. Hey, I I loved Archie, but and that's the thing with these. Sometimes you got these coaches and they make a run. I like consistency. Do they make? And that's like you. You made a great point there. I think the guy, the guy has been consistent. I mean, his team is great on a small. You get some of these coaches. They have one great run and they go, okay, we're going to hire this guy. Well, I mean, did you have a bunch of juniors and seniors on your team? Did you make that run? That's right. a thing too. I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, again, I wanted Patrick Ewan out really quick. Now I'm kind of like, I thought he did a good job. He has a great recruiting class come in. Give him some time. I don't like programs too cute and Matt that want to get rid of somebody really fast. I think you got to give him a couple years. You got to give at least three years to get your recruiting class in, set a, set a system, go for there. But some of these programs, you got to win fast. Okay, check check this list out. So this is Indiana basketball since Bobby Knight. Mike Davis from 2000 to 2006. Whoa. Actually got him to a Final Four, I believe. Um, yeah, they lost to... Um, like Carolina. It was a really bad Final Four. Yeah, didn't they lose to... Um, 
He's still coaching somewhere. Where's he at now? Indiana, if I'm not mistaken, the year Maryland won was it 02? Didn't they play? Jared Jeffries was on that team. Yeah, so that would have uh, been that would have been them. That was yeah, that was him. Yep, they lost in the championship. Um, then it was Kelvin Sampson for three years. That's who I couldn't. I yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, we're even way off. This is so. Then Dan Dockich was in there for seven games, and then he got canned. I don't remember that. Me either. I think he did something wrong. And then Tom Crean was in there Tom for Crean nine there. years with yeah. with four NCAA tournament appearances. Not yeah. good. And then Archie for five years, no tournament appearances. Yeah, I think uh, Crean had um, Eric Gordon when he was the high flyer and then uh, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, for, for Indiana to be so close right there, this is the opportunity you have to make a big move um, or it's really going to set your program back and, and almost can, take can you out. Can I throw a name out, Q? Yeah. I, man, I think Matt I think Matt said it the last show. How about Rick Pitino? Where's yeah. he go? Well, he was rumored, so we'll see if that actually has any yeah. Why value. Again, we, you know, that this is Bobby Petrino. You know, he did a year or two at West Kentucky and came back. I mean, I went on a rant about this. UNLV, hey, UNLV jobs, I think, still open. Didn't anybody take that? Man, you and I said it on the line. Yeah, somebody did. I believe somebody did take that job. Oh, did they? I got to look that up. Yeah. I missed that, man. And, you know, the thing, I was surprised on that UNLV guy leaving because he came from, like, one of the Dakotas, and then he took the UNLV job. And now I guess he has ties with the Iowa State program, and that's where he went. But you won you want a – Oh, they got Kruger. That's right. Yes. Good, good call there, Q. That's right. They just did that like yesterday or two days. Yeah, ago. yeah. He was the he was the interim and they gave him the job. Okay. Let me tell you, get Rick Patino somewhere on a team and make a splash. Who cares? All these guys, all I've said it. Who cares? Roll the Patino he, put he, a little uh, fire in Tyona against uh Bam. Yeah, yeah, he oh, did. He I was getting ready to set up. Yeah. But you know what? I saw a thing and he said that he's happier than he's ever been and he's not going to a big program. <laughs> so is this kind of Hugh Freeze then down at Liberty, you know, just excited to be there, had a second chance? We'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe money, he is happy. Money talks. I mean, yeah, well, that's exactly. <laughs> money talks. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you got? So let me ask you this. So we've kind of, we've talked about Texas. We've talked to you about, okay, look, I actually do want to touch on this and then we're going to kind of circle back to UVA. So VCU, um, UVA, and then um, there was a couple, I and forgive me because I don't know exactly which game, but so UVA, we already talked about, they couldn't play or they couldn't even come to the facility until Saturday morning and they had a Saturday night game, right? Whether they're fraudulent on the shooting aspect or not, that's got to hurt your team. You have no opportunity to do that. That hurts for anybody. Um, VCU, when they played um, in Dayton, you know, they followed all their protocols. Two kids um, obviously test positive for COVID. They had plenty enough on the roster to play, and they hold them out, right? They So then I'm watching the games, and it might have been the UCLA game or the game after that, but I'm watching it, and they're like, oh, these kids are eligible in the Sweet 16. They can come back. Uh, oh, no, it was Kansas. Kansas had some players out, and they because they were asking Bill Self, like, how do you go in this game plan? He goes, for the first time in my career, I didn't know how to game plan for this because 
I've never had COVID. I don't know how to game plan for COVID. I don't know how to game plan for having a short lineup. And obviously they lose. Um, but they're like showing, okay, this kid can come back in Sweet 16. This one is eligible for the Elite Eight. Why were there so many inconsistent, you know, um, issues with this COVID? Why is one team allowed to play but can't walk through it on the game day? Why can one team have to withdraw and why can one be like, oh, you can play, but this kid's not eligible till Sweet 16? I think it could depend on who they've came in contact with. Uh, was it were they the one to directly have the positive test first? And then did it did like a trainer then have a test and he treated so and so? I I mean we'll probably never know, but I haven't heard anything. And even being out there with all the sharps and everything, nobody really had an idea. Uh, but that's why all the money was going against anybody who had the positive COVID test. There was tons of money against Kansas, tons of money against UVA, um, and there was one other squad. And I was like, I, I'm all for it. I, I mean, I still think they should have shuffled another team in for. VCU, but I don't know when the, they actually got the news or the positive test. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, seemed, late, seemed late with that. It seemed like they were yeah. on like a team meal. You know, the thing with that, the whole VCU thing, and again, I mean, I'm not a journalist. I didn't dive deep into this. I'm reading things, and they said it was the Atlantic 10. They were in a, they were in a hotel there was a, bas- a high school basketball tournament. Some of these people didn't have masks on. Okay, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to say it. I don't care. I'm going to say it. So the thing is, I agree. Like, you should have a team ready to go. And I feel bad. How many guys tested positive? How many? You know, it, it, and and that's hard. And I'm not trying to judge anybody because this is very hard to – this has never been done. And I, I'm in a lot – I mean, my job – it's very new to me with some of the things I have to do this year with my job that I've never done in 19 years. So it's extremely hard. You feel bad for those kids and you wish that would never happen because those kids might ne- never play in this again. And this is a great experience. So you feel bad for them. But then I thought of like some teams, like you heard the Georgia Tech and one guy tested positive, but they were still playing. If that was in the season, that wasn't happening. Then you heard a story of the Oklahoma second leading scorer. Something was wrong with him, and but they're still playing. It was just weird. You know, the thing I like about you got to have consistency. And I didn't tell you did. I want consistency in my life, in my sports. I watch why can one thing happen and then the other thing can't, and this team can't play, and this could happen. I don't like that. To me, it's a train wreck. And I, I've said it before. The NCAA is a joke. And I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, I don't believe we had consistency at all. Um, you know, and listen, the way Oregon shot the ball against Iowa, you know, I'm just going to assume and say that VCU would have got torched and ran out of the gym. But, you know, I'm actually I'm getting my teeth cleaned. And the lady, uh, family friend, her daughter is on the dance team for VCU. So she, you know, she's pretty well versed in VCU basketball and, and, you know, they had bones Highland and a couple other, you know, good role players. And I told her, I said, look, even though Oregon was smoking Iowa at the time, like anything can happen. Um, we saw, okay. We saw it with Colorado. They hang 96, the first game. And then the second game, they, they hang a 50. So, you know, who's to say VCU couldn't have upset them. And then now, now you have Iowa, you know, going to the sweet 16. Um, 
uh, it's just I didn't feel like there was consistency. I think Matt hit it. We'll never get the real answers. You know, the NCA will never give you an upfront answer, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever sport. Um, it's highly corrupt, in my opinion. And um, hey, you had you had Oklahoma State that they didn't know they were even going to play. Still, they were waiting to see if they played because there was no decision by the NCA. It's dude. It's it's just it's they go on their own agenda and and you're the last to find out. And it's just, it's a corrupt organization that we'll never get answers to. And and unfortunately we have to live with it, but you know, it does make for good questioning. And the team that would have won, if you watch that USC game against Kansas the other night, USC would have beat anybody the other night. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking hot. They're, they're a hot team right now. And they could come back the next game and not do anything. Cause you said a great there Q Georgetown played no defense at all. And I'm going to say that because I'm a Georgetown fan. Colorado did not miss a shot. Colorado could not do anything the other day. Yeah. You know, it's just, and that's, and that's a great thing about sports. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So let's kind of, I don't want to dive into uh, too much um, and take away from Saturday's show, but okay. So we're going to the sweet 16 uh, starts. Saturday. So Oregon State, Loyola Chicago is your first game. Villanova, Baylor, or Roberts, Arkansas, Syracuse, Houston. Without diving into too much analysis, just give me on the day one of the Sweet 16 uh, either a team you love or just a game you're really intrigued by. <laughs> I am uh, I'm going to push a big stack of chips in on the very first game Saturday. In fact, so before I left to go to Vegas, I made bets on the the Rivers app because I can't do it out there. So I was like, yeah, well, what the hell? I'll come home to – who knows? Maybe somebody – I even forgot what I bet. So I came out a little bit ahead. I'm going to try to double up early on Saturday with uh, Loyola. I I know Oregon State is playing great. They're barely above 500 in a Pac-12, which has now gained a little momentum. So maybe that league wasn't as bad as we thought. But that, to me, right now, is a team that's – I actually am going to say it. I think Loyola Chicago goes to the Final Four, and I am not going to discredit them of not even going further. I think that is the hot game of the day, even though I love all four of these matchups. I like Saturday better than Sunday, actually. But I love the favorites except for Houston on Saturday. I, I think you have to ride that Syracuse wave – and zone, and I think they can keep Houston at about the 65-point range and pull off yet another win. We might see two uh, eight, eight and lower seeds uh, in the Elite Eight, which is uh, rough to do. So if can, if Loyola Chicago wins in the Elite Eight, or two to go to the Elite Eight, they would play... They play Syracuse, Syracuse-Houston. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, I'm going to say I, I think you just hit and you took the words right out of my mouth. I think the favorites, you know, I know we played a lot of dogs, but I think you're getting to the point where the favorites are just so dominant. Um, I'll tell you the least interesting game for me. And I think if you don't put your mortgage on this game, um, I think Baylor just houses Villanova. Well, you know, what they did to Wisconsin was, I mean, they were just toying with them, throwing alley-oops. Like they just are so dominant that I just don't think Villanova has a chance um, I think Oral Roberts kind of run ends, but I, I I think the two games I'm intrigued with again are what you said, Loyola Chicago. I really like what they have. Um, 
and the, the Syracuse game. I think they match up really well against Houston. I think Houston is not a good scoring team, and they and, and they can hit their shots, but more often than not, they're not hitting their shots, and they rely so heavily on the three. Um, if they're not hitting them, they're done. Uh, and then I think you touched the Loyola game great. Uh, you know, I think Oregon State's riding high. Loyola is the real deal. I think Oregon State's not. But those are my two interesting games. Smitty, sorry, I want to jump in just real quick while you, you did it. Um, I agree with you completely on the Baylor against Villanova. I think this is the game where they get um, exploited because there's no Gillespie to handle the ball. And I think Baylor's he's, he's everything to them. Yeah, yeah, it's just way too good. I, I think they win this by double digits. I and agree. The Arkansas Oral Roberts game is going to be fun as heck to watch. But I think they, I think they, I don't know if they'll cover. It's going to be close. The 11 is a ton of points. That'll be a great game to watch. Should be up and down the court. They actually did play earlier in the year. A lot of people don't know about and Arkansas beat them earlier in the year. So I think, I don't know if they're going to get a sweat from them. They might jump out to a quick lead, give Arkansas a scare, but I think Arkansas wins that one going away. Well, you know, I, I'm just starting to dive in. I'm coming off a five and one day on Monday, so I'm going to dive in. You know, Nova's helped me so much in this tournament. I've been drilling Villanova. Thank God they blew out North Texas. I did not want that North Texas team to do anything. Betting Messiah was on that game from Notebook. We were on that game. I'll tell you what, they hit they hit 15 threes in that game. Now Baylor's a little longer. Here's a team. It's like Syracuse. You take a team that just wants to compete and get in the tournament. They lost their best player. Maybe, you know, the ball handler that's usually the best player. I don't know yet. I'm going to look at this. I think Nova, especially in a teaser play, I like taking Villanova up in this and take Villanova in this. I'm on that game. I think Zags just, and I've been on Crane a lot in this tournament too. I mean, I lost the first day I had. Uh, points. I had the game. Then they came back great for me. Uh, uh, their second game, I like them a lot. Um, but I think Gonzaga is way too much. I'm not getting it out a lot here. Watch that Michigan Florida State game is going to be a great game. That's a great very matchup. good, unique game. Different styles a little bit. I love Florida State. I have a futures bet ten bucks to win two hundred on that. I've been telling you on that. I love Syracuse. I love, I'm going to dive in more in this. I'm on Maddie's bandwagon and I'm a Georgetown fan. And I am saying this. I love Syracuse. Loyola again, Oregon state. Look for the first half under look. I'm going to look at some numbers here. The next couple of days, very low scoring team points. That's a great game for like a team point under in that Arkansas oral Roberts. You know, when you get excited sometimes for a game and you think it's just going to be the most crazy game on the planet because this game could be crazy if they're hitting on all cylinders this could be a lot of points man sometimes this a let down look for that first half too i'm excited yeah i think these are gonna be great game and usc us that game against kansas blew my mind their length is crazy i could not kansas looked small their big guy, McCormick underneath, looks small. The Mobley boys are the, the brothers are unbelievable. They're just all the the whole team is big. USC right now with that zone's a little scary. You talk about a Syracuse zone. Keep an eye on the USC zone. Yeah, you segue perfect into the next day. Um, 
I'm not high on Creighton. I watched their first game and they really struggled. Obviously, they bounced back the second game, um, but uh, they're facing a beast right now. And we talked about it earlier. Like uh, Creighton seemed a little tired throughout the season. They played, I feel like, uh, a harder schedule in terms of um, effort. And Gonzaga slept walk. I mean, they seem like they're refreshed. They they're alive. Like they're, I think they're, you said, you said it so well earlier. You know, we made fun of their conference, but maybe maybe that's a good thing. It is. I mean, you, they're they're not beat up like and every other team is. Um, Florida, Michigan State, I think, might be one of the most electric games. I think they match up really well. Both teams um, have some size. Uh, but you know, I what's gonna is what what Leonard Hamilton team's gonna show up? Or are you gonna get the team that? you know, eight weeks ago we said could win a national title or are they going to be the same team that, you know, played Colorado and struggle? Um, Alabama right now, I don't think they could miss a three from half court. They are just fortunate. Uh, Oregon, same thing. I mean, uh, I take the over and then I'm texting Maddie and I'm like, dude, they're going to hit 100 at halftime. And, and they did. And it was like ridiculous. I think they were shooting at like 1.68%. Yeah, it was um, – you know, the thing, though, the, the thing, Q, not to cut you off, myself and Matt talked about this. Dan Alderman, man, he can coach in March. It seems like he always, you know, and, the, and I hate to say this, but a job like Indiana with him, he's a Midwest guy. He used to be the Cranes head coach. wonder if they could bring him into Indiana. Midwest guy. I mean, I, I understand that's a big Oregon, you know, Phil Knight's money out there. But wonder if he'd go back to the Midwest and coach at that will be an yeah, Indiana is a bigger basketball get you know than Oregon. I don't think he leaves Oregon, man. He's I don't a, think he he's got a sweet gig, and he put he put that that program back on the map. So I mean, oh, he's certainly, certainly he, he's got his footprint there. I think he's locked in out there for a while. But he's just a coach. It always seems like he goes on a run. Hey, maybe Florida will bring him in because I'm so done with Mike White. I was actually glad that Oral Roberts won. I mean, you blow a 15-point lead. I've been hammering Scott Strickland. Um, I think he's an absolute coward to let Mike White continue uh, to disgrace, you know, Billy Donovan's team. I mean, Jeremy Foley and Billy Donovan, Jeremy Foley, the AD, Billy Donovan, a legendary basketball uh, coach in college, you know, maybe one of the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. Uh, Three Final Four trips, two national titles, uh, his two years with Horford, Noah, Lee Humphreys, who I think shot 100% from three-point uh, for 06 and 07, that, that might be one of the most dominant teams um, in college basketball uh, since, I don't know, maybe the 80s. You know, they I, they were just – I don't think that anybody could beat them right now. Uh, uh, good team. Those are good teams. They didn't miss – like I tell you, I think Lee Humphreys shot 100% from the corner in a three-point contest. Um, you know what, Q, can I say – yeah, yeah, good. Your rants on Florida is as good as Matt's pictures from Vegas in the morning with the white Russian win the tickets. I, hey, I didn't, I didn't see him in a day. It just didn't seem like my day was complete. You complete me, you two. That's I love it. Hey, listen, I love my team. Uh, I just hate mediocrity, and then I hate when you just let a program who we've seen win back-to-back titles and, and then you just go to this, like it is so frustrating because Florida is a powerhouse and, and they're not, you know, being pretty strong right now. Yeah. I've said it. I don't think, I don't think he's the guy. 
He's not. I don't think he's Dude, he touched to your point. He had one good year at Louisiana Tech, and they say he's this up-and-coming guy. He had Billy Donovan's team that took him to the Elite Eight with Chris Chioza hitting a game winner in overtime, and he hasn't done nothing since. But he's – you know the problem is Omar Payne had a blatant, um, you know, mishap in the SEC tournament. He elbows the kid from uh, Fulkerson from Tennessee, and – he did the right thing the first round. He benches him. You know, kudos to that. Teaches the kid a lesson. That's what they want, and they don't care about wins. And I, while I think it's a great life lesson, if you impress the suits, you're in, and that's the problem. Like, winning doesn't matter anymore. So I'm going to go back to Sunday's slate real quick. We'll get off the – Yeah, good. Sorry, we went oh, off Oh, no, I, I love a good Mike White rant. Uh, so <laughs> I, I hope he goes to Tennessee. You on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he doesn't go to a program I like. So hey, I let said, him follow his brother. I said I like the Saturday slate much better than the Sunday game. So I think the Gonzaga Creighton matchup is. Uh, I think the Zags are going to roll. So I'll move on quick from that. Michigan Florida State to me is a fantastic game. That Michigan's going to get it. Basically, another replay of LSU, but I think with just a little more talent, and I think this one might come back to bite them without livers. Then we go to UCLA-Bama, and I really, really do like this Bama team, and I was never high on UCLA, and I watched them against Michigan State. I'm like, you know what? I was right earlier in the year when I said they have a ton of talent and athletes, and they kind of put it together. I think this is a really, really good matchup because Mick Cronin is going to have them play some D and hopefully try to slow down Bama from shooting NBA jam fire threes all day. So this, this to me, is the most fun matchup on paper. But I think I really, really do want USC to beat Oregon. And it's not for a betting reason. It's not for a rooting reason. I don't know if any of these teams that are on the Gonzaga bracket on their side – can beat the Zags unless it's USC with their size and Mobley. I think if I think if they play Oregon, they're going to stomp them. I think if they give if USC gets there, they give them a run. But I think Gonzaga coasts into the final game, and I hate to say it. Well, I had him win in my bracket. Me too, so but and and I like the way it's shaping up. If you look at it from that aspect, but I want to see some more good basketball, and I I just hope USC can get by Oregon. No, I think you. I think you made a great point there with the Alabama game. Uh, UCLA again. I I wasn't sold on the Pac-12, but I'll tell you, man. Cronin's a good coach. Came out of Cincinnati. I really liked him at Cincinnati. And again, if you that first game when his dad was there and they haven't seen each other for a year, and you saw that after the game, that was a great moment. And that's what makes this tournament so great that you just have those moments and his dad came down to the front row and he was like high-fiving them. What a, some of their players are unbelievable right now. They're balling right now. So good for UCLA, good for the back 12. And you know, again, when I'm incorrect on something, I'll call myself out. I hope the Beavers keep going. I've been calling them for a long time on our show and I agree with Matt. I think the only team right now, I think you made a great point there, Matt, is USC, watching them. I've watched USC, but I've really watched USC now. Their their length is crazy scary. Really good. Really good. Smitty, I think I missed that father-son moment because I was shredding up a a Sparty ticket high (laughs) in the air. (laughs) Well, I was too. I wasn't happy with it. 
again, it was yeah. just a great father son moment. He hasn't seen he hasn't seen him for like a year. It was a nice moment that you know. Again, that's why I love the the basketball. I said it on our last show, Matt. You do the bracket like you do the brackets with your kids. I did one with my dad growing up. I still do it with my dad. And again, my daughter, everybody, I brought it up. She's going to win again. My daughter is money. My oldest daughter can call everything. Get on board. Maybe she'll start. Yeah, Hey, Q's come over. Hey, you want a derby winner? Hit her up in May. (laughs) Yeah, she knows her horses. And listen, she's not that old. She knows what she's doing. She has that luck. So everybody get on board. So you guys kind of segued into my last segment here that I had for tonight. Um, Cause again, I don't want to take away from the Saturday show and, and we don't have many games to talk about. So um, the final segment for tonight, unless you guys have anything. Um, and I think you both kind of already touched on it. So we'll just kind of refresh, but um, other than Gonzaga and Baylor, you know, we're going to take those out because it's kind of the Gonzaga Baylor or the field, right? We've, we've had that conversation numerous times and we always say, take the field. So we're in the tournament, and they are just the utmost powerhouses. But let's just say that one of those two doesn't make it uh, to the national championship, and I actually think they have it to where they'll play in the Final Four, um, if I read the bracket correctly, which I'm hoping I don't because that would be an incredible matchup. We should have had it earlier this year. No, Baylor, they, they, yeah, they're on the national championship. Okay, all right, they're cool. So they we were supposed to have that matchup earlier this year. Um, so I actually I think that would be an incredible game. But – Aside from that, take them out. What team do you say you would take right now if you had one bet to, to win a national championship? Who, who's in the field left? I would say Bama. And the reason I say that is they're one of the best defensive teams, and I don't think they're missing a three right now from half court. Uh, I watched them hit five in a row, and the ball didn't even touch the net. You just hear the net just whipping, and it was incredible. And – their best player, John Petty, right now is struggling mightily in their winning games. And what really keyed me into them, and I was not against or I was not for the Bama three, you know, but they're hot. They've stayed with it and they're rolling. They struggled against Tennessee in SEC championship game by shooting like 23% from three, and they still won, which tells me that they have the ability to score and drive. So they're dangerous, in my opinion. Go ahead, Smitty. Well, I was I have two teams, and why I'm going to say this again? Well, maybe gotta pick, gotta pick one. I, I, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two because <laughs> I, I can make my yeah. own. So don't worry about it. I like Alabama. I'm going to piggyback you. I like it. I think you said it very well, so I don't have to go into it. I like Loyola too. Loyola right now. What I saw against Illinois, the defense was just unbelievable, and. When you have a big guy underneath that can do what he does and can pass and can move, and I'll tell you, that guy from Illinois, man, he backed he, – I mean, he's a monster. Man, he didn't back him in. He didn't do a lot against him. Like, he seemed like he was eh, – okay. The thing about it is they can lock you down. Illinois looks so fast during the season, they slowed them down. That's scary. And that is scary of, on a team that can score so many points and they locked them down. And Matt said it earlier, Sumo looked lost. He looked like he did not know what to do at all. That's really, really scary. I like Loyola. I like Alabama. Look for them to win the national championship. So 
I would say Loyola, but I, I can't be. And here's why I can't. I think I actually do think they're going to get to the final four. But I, if they make the final game and it's against the Zags, I think they will hang for a half. And then I think the Zags are just going to dominate with too much talent to knock them off. So I actually have a team, and I bet it when I got to Vegas. And I got them at 40-1 to 1 to win the tournament. And it's Arkansas. And it's because they have the the uh, senior point guard Moody, and or the the freshman point guard Moody, and then the other senior guard I believe is oh what's his name off the top of my head? I feel like a dote. Note. Oh yeah. They so they have two guards. You need it for the tournament. They can play fast. They can actually play slow. So they played Texas Tech, who slowed them down, and they still played good enough to win. And in my motto for this is advance and dance. And I think they can keep going. And now they have the easier matchup of anybody right now against Oral Roberts, and they should win. Everybody's going to pull for the underdog because we all love it. And then they would get Baylor, of course, if, if Baylor advances. And I think if they get by Baylor, I think Arkansas actually goes to the final. Uh, that's good analysis. Like I said, I know this was kind of uh, – I th- ultimately, I think Gonzaga and Baylor is going to be your national championship. I think they're too dominant. This was just a um, – you know, if something were to happen. So, disclaimer, you know, we're not saying roll these for the national championship people. If if they get there, then we'll an- analyze the game. But this was just a, a one-off thing, you know, kind of just make it interesting. So, um I think it is. Baylor better, Villanova better not hit 15 threes. You better. Uh, I don't think they will. I I don't think they do. That was against North Texas, but I'm just saying. Here's the thing, and we said it game by game. Game by game. You're shooting the three well, you're shooting this. Anybody can beat anybody. I agree with Matt. Gonzaga to me is a team that just has so much depth and so much the point guard sugs. To you know, Tilly, to they have so many people coming in. That's a team that's just so scary. And like we said, Q said, did they play anybody? I think they have legs. That's right. I was just gonna say they're fresh because they haven't had a a um, a struggle here. They haven't had a just get up and go for forty eight minutes. They're cruising for for thirty and then resting guys. So they're, they're they're staying fresh for every game. Well, I'll tell you the team right now, and this is all you have to say is Nembard is the sixth man off of that for that team. He started 66 games at point guard for Florida and Florida's no slouch in basketball. So what's that tell you when he's coming off the bench? I think it's the year they get it. I I really do. And again, I didn't want to go, you know, I was this close to taking Illinois and, but again, I just, when you look at the bracket and you looked at your tournament, like how it was going to go. And then you think about who they played and who they didn't play and legs I think, and you're seeing it right now with the big, the Big Ten. I mean, it was just what happened to them. Well, what happened to them is they played on a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, like, and they played each other. They wore down. I think they wore down. That's I think Illinois ran, ran into the wrong team. If they didn't play Loyola Chicago, I think they're rolling. If Michigan still had livers, I think they would have the matchup in the Final Four against. Um, the Zags, and I think that would be a super compelling game, but I don't think we're going to get it. Uh, I'll be honest. I took. The, I thought the way the season ended, they might have been the most overrated one. 
you know, they just really struggled. And obviously, Livers is out, but they're uh, they're out. They lipped into that game. Yeah, they did. I mean, well, he just, and and I think I said to Q, somebody said, an assistant coach said that guy carried them. And when you hear that, that really, you know, that changes it. And you can have that one player that just carries a team, it makes the whole system go. And they're st- they still have a great system. I'm not saying they don't. They have the big guy underneath. They have great guards still. They can stretch out. They can shoot the three. But that one player is the key. And if you lose that, that can go. Gonzaga is the best team going into the tournament now. Baylor, I think, is second by far. Loyola, they'll watch Loyola because that defense, man, that is scary defense. Because Illinois looked slow, and they were a fast-paced team. Can't wait. Good, good yeah. Do you guys have anything else? I do not. That's That covers me. No, I'm done looking at Mac because I'm so jealous of his tan. <laughs> All right. We will um, hopefully be in Vegas next year for the tournament. You know, I thought today was a good show. I was definitely happy to be back with you boys. Um, definitely missed every part of the, you know, the um, interaction and putting out good quality information. I thought you guys did one hell of a job, you know, holding it down. So, you know, thank you. Um, I know this was kind of Smitty and I's baby and Matt stepped in um, as an adopted family member and, and he has uh, definitely been the father figure when I'm gone. So Matt, thank you for holding it down. And um, Matt's we'll money, absolutely team, yeah, we'll, um, team boys, team. I'll tell team, you what, yeah. man, Matt, yeah. Matt is dynamite and Matt has been such a great person to add on. That is just mind blowing. And this baby was myself and Q's and it's, and again, we got a great info from Matt and Matt has come on and Matt is very part of this. And some of the things are going to change and Kaminsky, we had Kaminsky on once and Kaminsky is going to be a big part because you know, the thing about, I'm going to tell this funny story real quick. So I got up the other day, Kaminsky texted me at like six forty-five in the morning and was already asking baseball stuff. Our baseball stuff is going to be unbelievable. Matt is dynamite in baseball. Q is really knowledgeable. I'm really good. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, when Kaminsky's talking about spreadsheets at 645 in the morning, people, Kaminsky's sending me stuff. 645. What do you think, Smitty? I'm like, I'm just waking up. (laughs) Hey, that's how we win. That's That's how how we we win, man. And we're, we're very dedicated. I mean, this is not a just, we get up and we talk and throw out something. No, we research and we have great info. We have great team. Betting Messiah out in Vegas, man, he's money. Dr. Brent gives us great stuff. He's a very good capper himself. So we have a great team. All right. I think it's a wonderful show. We'll um, we'll recap, you know, or we'll analyze the Sweet 16. So we'll do Saturday and Sunday games uh, on Saturday morning. So, you know, be on the lookout for that show um, by like 10 a.m. at the very latest. And uh, we're going to find you guys the winners. Got it. Everybody Boys, find them. Have a great night, everyone. Take it easy. See you. See you, George Clooney. <laughs>